CoinRow Plus is your new way to collect, manage your inventory, digitally authenticate coins, create your want list, buy and sell coins, and much more. Learn more about CoinRow Plus at CoinRowPlus.com or download the app now at Google Play or the App Store. Welcome to the Coin World Podcast with your host, Jeff Stark. And as I've said from day one of this show, this is a big tent hobby. There's a lot of room for folks. And Larry Jewett. And learning has been such a tremendous amount of this journey. The Coin World Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Coin World Podcast. I'm Jeff Stark. I'm Larry Jewett, and we're glad to have you along for the ride here. Once again, we appreciate the fact that we have support. You know, Jeff, one of the things I found that because, you know, we're getting down to the end of the year and you kind of want to look at things. So I just went in and played around with the statistics and uh, I got it down to the last 10 episodes and we were heard in 56 different countries on six continents. So my goal for 2024 is to get that elusive Antarctic listener that we need to get. So if I, you know, put on an unnatural chill, you'll know what my my quest is here. Well, we can talk about uh, cool coins, perhaps. There you uh, go. I, I don't know. The you know, Antarctica, there, there, there's a handful of people there, or a couple dozen or whatever. There's what what are they doing besides scientific experiments? They've they need to have uh, some way to while away their time. Uh, and listening to the Coin World podcast would be the perfect way to do it. So uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe we can add that uh, next year for sure. But uh, I, I think you heard my phone ringing. So, you know, sorry about that distraction there. So if you didn't hear it, that's good. But if you did I hear it. I didn't hear it. Okay. Well, if the listeners heard it, my apologies. I've got, you know, people from the office checking to make sure I'm at my desk and yeah, you you can be recording a podcast at three o'clock in the afternoon or ten o'clock at night. They don't know where you are, so I'll have yeah. to call them back later. I'm sure it's important. So, yeah, sure. You know what's most important is that we get to hang out with everyone here for another week, another episode. I'm on the heels of another uh, coin club meeting. That's um, I, you know, it's so fun to go to the meetings and talk to fellow collectors and friends and uh, bid at stuff in auction. And, uh, you know, especially for somebody who works at home uh, all week, getting out and being among people, that's one way to do it. And especially adding the numismatic element uh, just makes all the difference. Um I didn't end up acquiring anything at the last meeting, but that's okay. I have plenty of stuff uh, for now. I know you're still on your your quest. Maybe I should just fill up a flat rate box and send it your way, and and you can uh, <laughs> <laughs> save save some time and money on whatnot. Uh, with, yeah, that, uh, yeah, because I just made a purchase there, and uh, because it was my first purchase with this particular vendor. The vendor says, you know, want to find out what you collect and, uh, you know, what your interests are. And so I responded, I collect whatever strikes my fancy and my interest is whatever I can outbid somebody on. So 
pretty much, I think I've got the wrong attitude when it comes to what I need to be doing and what I need to be buying, because I've got a pretty eclectic, I mean, I got taken by, not taken by in the sense that you think, but I saw the, uh, it was a two built, two note lot. And one of them was a, a half dollar lot from Canada. And it's like, oh, I got to have that. That's kind of unique. I mean, I'm still chasing that $7 Fiji note. But I just thought it was kind of neat because it's a conversation piece for a lot of people. You talk about the idea of getting out and getting around people. And that's where it becomes interesting to me because for a while I was carrying a 1921 Morgan dollar around in my wallet, just uh, protected. But carrying it around just kind of show people who were not numismatically inclined, they've never seen something like this. I mean, nobody's carrying them around in a belt buckle anymore, it seems like. But thankfully, but, you know, just the idea now I've got just something else cool. I was able to find a token for my hometown. I'm looking for a note for my hometown. Talked to a couple of dealers in Nashville at the IMEX show. And just like, you know, just the idea that, hey, look at this. It's always been cool. When somebody got a Sandy Koufax, you know, rookie card, they made a big deal about it. And we need to make a big deal about our numismatic purchases, whether they're high grade coins or whether they're just something completely different. And trust me, there's a lot of different out there. I mean, your mind is open up. I mean, I'm not even starting to scratch the token world, but my TAMS membership's on its way. And, you know, just the idea that there's plenty of things to be collecting out there and plenty of things to be acquiring. I guess I'm more in the accumulation phase right now, and I'll get down and get serious to it. But, you know, as long as I don't dip into the uh, expendable income too much, I'll have a place to live. That's what's important. And uh, and you got your wife involved, too, so that keeps uh, harmony there as well. If I'm going to go, I'm going to take somebody with me. <laughs> if I fall, you're going down with me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> got to have something to land so, on. Yeah, I uh, I think the, the best thing for me these days is just to enjoy what I have and to study the books and uh, focus on that side of things just because you know you can get wrapped up in finding something new finding something new and uh there's so much um you know that i have so much and and my memory is such that every time i i go digging around i go oh yeah i forgot about that so mm-hmm. uh, trying to get trying to get things in order trying to get things squared away it's uh, a never-ending quest and this um Winter is approaching. It feels like winter in some cases these days, and uh, I'm planning on really working hard, sorting through stuff, uh, staying inside in the warmth and uh, lots of uh, artificial light while it's dark outside and sort my coins and enjoy them and maybe read a few books as well. And I think that's the more logical pursuit right there, because you can get to the point where you dilute what you have because you get so much. You know, it's been a danger because, oh, I got to have that 1935 Buffalo. And then you realize you got three of them. And that's just not that's just not smart. But I mean, then the things that you really have some emotional attachment to. You can spend quality time with it. I mean, you talk about spending some time with people. If people are inaccessible because it's late at night or whatever the case may be, this is always here for you. 
And, you know, there was a reason why you made a purchase or you started a collection for what you did. And that reason never changed. Maybe your, uh, you know, your attitude toward that reason changed, but just the idea that the reason itself never changed. And so I think it's, it's a more prudent course to do what you're doing versus what I'm doing, because I've still got the hunter gatherer thing going on, even though, I mean, I haven't completed the state quarters. I want to get them in the wild. I know I can buy them, but I want to get them in the wild you know, and still, you know, just the idea that I've moved on to other things. I mean, three proof dimes showed up the other day. So help me. Yeah. Help well, me. Well, you know, one of the things, and, you know, we get to do this day in, day out, but uh, instead of looking at acquiring stuff recently at a different coin club meeting, I was the presenter. So I had to, and I got to, I should say, uh, spend some time thinking about what I was going to present to the club and make notes on that and study the notes, practice the notes so I could be well-versed in them. Uh, not paper money notes, but you know, like jotting notes down. I typed the notes up though, so they were legible. And I made the presentation and it was about first spouse medals, one of my favorites. And thanks to uh, a friend, I was able to complete that collection earlier this year. And so I was I brought the collection in in the in the album. My dance go, it's it's not made for first spouse medals, but it holds the first spouse medals. And, uh, you know, the generic pages. And I was able to talk about that, a favorite series, reconnect with why I enjoy the series, remember some things, relearn some things about it, and then share that with somebody else. And, oh, yeah, by the way, at the end, I brought the Coin World trivia game. And for 10 minutes, I just asked everyone questions from the trivia. So that was that was a fun thing, too. It didn't... Uh, it didn't hurt to have that element totally unrelated to the, the presentation just to get people engaged and interested. And uh, I didn't have to acquire anything for that in a sense. Uh, you know, any, anybody making a presentation can make the presentation with uh, without going and buying something. So um, that's just another way to stay tuned into the hobby, even uh, without spending some money. And a lot of times when there have been presentations that I've been able to witness, not on, from the side of that you're talking about here, but just simply that, there have been completed collections, but there have been incomplete collections as well. And uh, the incomplete collections tend to resonate with a lot of the people in the audience because we're all on this quest. And, you know, they can sympathize or empathize with, especially when it's a very, very hard to get uh, item that you're looking for here. But then they begin to understand. I mean, we look upon, you know, the folks that do the registry sets. My goodness, you know, the the collection that they do and the uh, the constant, uh, you know, striving to get the best they can, or in the case of the lowball collectors, the worst that they can. It's just it's so neat the pursuit aspect of it that you feel like you know you take the checkered flag to borrow the racing versus you know that you're still back in the pack type thing. But, you know, interesting choice, uh, you know, for your collection there. And I, I wonder if uh, if many folks were familiar with it or if you simply provided education from A to Z with your presentation. I mean, I think some folks had some awareness. Uh, there were some folks, uh, somebody came up and, you know, that's a lot of compliments, although I'm always 
the the uh, skeptic in me, the um, low self-esteem, if you will, in me, the the sort of, eh, you know, everybody's just saying that to be nice. But um, it, it I was short and sweet. It was, you know, I told them this is the best kind of presentation, not long. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there were f- several folks who were intrigued, I think, by the medals and being able to see that a collection, a whole set is obtainable and, uh, you know, hopefully sparked an interest, but, uh, you know, I don't really know for sure. And certainly um, it's, you know, all it takes is one, right. And, and uh, I got as much out of it as I think the, uh, the people on the other side of the the pre- presentation did, you know, those in the audience. So um, I'm pleased with how it went. And uh, that was, again, another way to get out among my people, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. There you go. But you brought with it an important lesson in history, too. And that's one of the things that we strive for here is we take a look back in the historical elements that help make where we are today where we are today. So I'm going to turn upon you now to see what you can do with us to help educate us since you're now a seasoned presenter. Can you present to us what happened this week in numismatic history? Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, we always look for something fun. And I, you know, for a long time, I've taken to uh, pulling a couple things out as talking points. So uh, I've got two things for you this week. Uh, We're going to go to... 1943, November 17th, uh, November 17th, 1943. That was the last delivery, uh, the day the last delivery of Series 1934 $1,000 Federal Reserve notes took place. I say that because the market for $500,000 notes has just been on fire the last three years. Uh, Something that, uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, last episode, I talked about you know prices way back when and all that. I sure wish I had gotten a thousand dollar note. Uh, I don't have one, period. But I wish I had gotten one, um, you know, even five years ago, as opposed to some of the other stuff I've gotten, just because the market has has really taken off for it. And uh, we had the last delivery of those series thirty four notes on this day in 1943. I also look at uh, November 18th, 1983, more recently, 40 years ago. That was when the Bureau of the Mint placed proof sets on sale over the counter at Denver, Philadelphia, and San Francisco Mints for the first time in two decades. Now, um, we know that uh, 1982 cents, uh, coins especially, but cents, or, or coins particularly, but since especially are are rare and valuable in original packaging and all that, uh, souvenir sets are the the way to find those. Uh, They have some strong value in that packaging because the sets weren't being sold over the counter at the Mint. And this little data point, if you will, from November 18th, 1983, points to that fact and it just recalls the scarcity and the value proposition uh interestingly in my in the coin world trivia game i i was 
contemplating asking you the question, how much did 1979 proof sets cost? And I thought that would piggyback nicely on last week's discussion because of the, you know, this whole idea of what has value years down the road and, and what, what's going to not hold value and all that. It was, it was $9. If you're wondering, I go $9 in 1979 had to, you know, be an enormous sum uh, considering, and then you can probably buy it today for $9. And uh, you know, so I I just, um, for that reason, I thought this week in numismatic history, we should talk about these two things. That was, um, that was what struck me anyway. Well, as always, it's pretty interesting. And I like how you had the diversity in time there where, you know, for some people, they can relate to some of the more recent events and uh, proof sets and mint sets, very popular items and gift giving items and that type of thing. We see a lot of them still sold and watch the values of them. I mean, I recently witnessed an auction that had not just the original packaging of the uh, mint, I believe it was a mint set from the 50s, and or proof set, one of the two. But anyway, it was actually had the envelope, which they mailed it to the individual. And that's just like, I mean, for people collecting that kind of stuff, that's even better than the coins inside. But I wasn't paying attention because it was a three-figure sale, and I figured I better stay out of that. So... That's yeah, what that no, was. No worries. No yeah. worries. Um, so I, I do want to also talk about uh, this week in Coin World history and uh, went to the November 20th, 1995 issue. There were a couple things uh, on the front page that jumped out at me. Um, and um, the, the, the one headline says Silver 1995 American Eagles may say, set record low mintages. And as we know, that was the um, 94 and 95, I think, were the lowest uh, mintages. 95 did not set the record, I think. I think 94 holds the record. But, uh, you know, back then, you think about this, silver was, what, $4 in some sense, $4 and, you know, quarter, 50 cents, somewhere in there, uh, an ounce. And I can remember being a young employee at Walgreens and buying silver from uh, a, fr- a friend of mine who uh, is here locally still. And, um, you know, man, if I had, if I had only known one, another one of those, if, if I had only known situations, I uh, wasn't tuned in uh, to the hobby in, in the way that I am now. And I certainly wasn't as well capitalized Um as you know, being a full-time worker and and all that, but um, you know, working my way through high school at the time. Um, so so that was interesting. But I also then couldn't help but notice the other story was about the Canadian cent to change in 1996. Um, this was the news is that the Canadian cent would be struck from a cheaper alloy to save money. The composition was changed uh, from a bronze to a copper-plated steel or copper-plated zinc. Uh, They also changed the 12-sided coin to round. And uh, Canadian cents are an area that I've taken to particularly in quantity. Um, I've often got them as... um, 
as spending money, even though now, of course, you can't spend them. And um, they have they have a slightly higher composition of copper than the U.S. cent that, you know, circulated well until pre-82 anyway. Um, and Canada was different in that they were issuing these cents up until 96. Uh, so if somebody is hoarding copper, like they often do in the U.S., with the pre-82 cents, you can actually collect them until 96 to get this um, uh, higher dose of copper. And uh, so that that was fun. That was interesting to think about as well. I'm sure something jumped out at you on the letters page. Uh, why don't I let you talk about that, huh? Well, why don't I go ahead and do that then? Because there were several letters here that uh, there was a lot of talk about the $100 note. And it says, uh, this one's too seriously. It says, I collect coins and my wife likes to spend them. No problem. Opposites attract. Well, you know, that away, right away got my attention. I was reading the article about the new design of the $100 bill. I really don't care much about the change because I'm not a rag picker. In quotes. I showed the picture to my wife and made the remark, I do not care much for it. To which she replied, I have never seen a $100 bill that I did not like. So much for that. We had another letter called Uniformity Needed. I like the new $100 bill design, but do not understand why the serial number needs to be in two places. Wouldn't one place be adequate? There's not much uniformity between our paper money and our coins. On our paper money, the back faces the same direction as the front. On our coins, the back is upside down from the front, making it difficult for jewelry because the coin cannot be reversible. On our paper money, the denomination is in numerals, and as are the coins from almost the whole world, but our coins have no numerals on them, making it hard for foreigners to understand at a glance what our coins are valued at. Hmm. In our paper currency, it is the United States of America, yet on the coins, the word the is left off. Our paper money features people whose names are spelled out beneath their portrait, yet no such identification appears on our coins. Both coins and paper money have in God we trust on them, but where on paper money is e pluribus unum and the word liberty? We need to get our act together for more uniformity. Why do our coins have these things and not our paper money? And why does our paper money have these things but not our coins? Will somebody please explain? That's from Bob Olickson from Cleveland, Ohio. Yes, Bob, somebody will. Just not me right now. Yeah, I think I lost you there. I think you expected me no, to read longer. I think you expected me oh, to read okay. longer letters. That's what it was. So I thought you were going to read more than one, but that's good. That's I read two. Good. I read two. I just didn't give you Terrence Carpenter, Oceanside, California on the first one. So much for oh, okay. that was the end of that. So, yeah, there were two oh, letters. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah. So, well, anyway. Pay attention. Yes. I, I'm too broke. So, you know, last week, last episode, you asked me a question. I am, I have been tossing and turning and thinking about this all week. Uh, I am ready to give it a good co college try. Are you ready to ask the question? I am ready to repeat the question simply because I wrote it down on a sticky note. I ask you to tell me 
What was the only year that no Wing Liberty Mercury Dimes were made? Just pick the year, find out what it is. I mean, it's unique in that way because if somebody, I mean, if somebody tries to give me one of those coins and I'm going to check, the, I'm sure that the uh, blue folders don't have a spot for that. But, uh, you know, tell me what year that was. And I figure so, you're going to have an easy way with this. So, Well, you know, all one has to do is pick up the Red Book. Uh, I didn't know off the top of my head. I'm not ashamed to admit. Um, there's a lot I've been uh, fortunate to learn in doing this, but uh, I, that, that wasn't something that jumped out at me. But I went to the little, uh, the section on winged Liberty Head or whatever we're calling them, Mercury Dimes. Uh, as most people call them, and, um, you know, start going down the list and just look for a year that isn't there. And uh, lo and behold, the answer is 101 years ago, 1922. No question. That's absolutely correct. It would be interesting to understand why. I think it may have been supply and demand. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. There there was uh, 22 cent. There were other, certainly, I assume there all the other denominations were were made. I haven't gone to look at that, though, but um, that is that is curious, to say the least. Uh, but um, maybe they anyway. wanted to get more nickels in circulation or more five cent coins in circulation. So instead of a 10 cent coin, you had to use two nickels. So. Uh, yeah. If, um Somebody dropped a dime on somebody too many times. I don't know. There you go. I mean, don't <laughs> ask me for logic. I'm not going to give you logic. So anyway, well, hey, uh, since uh, you asked the question last time, I suppose I'll ask the question this time. And I want to go to uh, abroad, not a woman. So do woman. I. Yeah, but still. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I, I should say outside of the United States. That's safe. Uh, the, the answer is outside of the United States. And the 1974 notes of the second largest country in the world bear whose portrait? So this is good for you, Mr. Trivia Guy, uh, because you then, you know, you have to know the second largest country and then you have to think, OK, 1974, who would have been on the notes then? And um, so this is particularly, um, yeah, it's it's fun, a, a fun little question, a fun little thing for uh, for this week, and I will just leave it at that. But clarification required. Recently, uh, you set a Facebook post around and it showed how the countries have changed as far as their population from a certain period of time up to the current period of time. And there were countries that came and went as far as the population goes. Are we talking the second largest country in 2023 or are we talking the second largest country in 1974? Yes. Uh, the, the the question, you're, you're asking population and I didn't use any words suggesting population. Yeah, it could be area. But if I hadn't asked that question, I'd go down a rabbit hole or down the wrong way. Uh, so that's know, why I was no, asking so for I, clarification. So I guess I guess good on you for asking. And I shouldn't have been so glib because I will say this. It's not Russia. And I uh, presume Russia in 1974 may have been on that top countries list. 
Okay. So, so how about um, we, we just modify this to one of the largest countries oh. in, 1970, in 1974 and today. And you got basically one of the largest countries could be any of the first 10. Got it. So, and, and yeah, so that, that this goes from a novice level question to a little tricky now, but granted, you know, I mean, that's, I, I guess this is the pitfall of looking at the 1985 published uh, coin world trivia uh, through a 2023 lens. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's um, I'm sure you're, you can figure it out. I chose this for a reason um, that is not going to be apparent to the listener, but certainly should be to you um, if only after the fact um, at the very least. But um, it, oh, I thought it was because I graduated high school in 74. That, that's what oh, I my gosh. That, and that was T minus T- five years before I graduated from the womb so <laughs> gotcha yeah yeah the old 50th anniversary class reunion coming up so oh my gosh yeah i got 25 this year and it's like oh my i i, I presume i don't know i didn't go or maybe maybe it wasn't even held i don't know um but uh, well, you know okay i mean we talk about this my 50th class reunion's coming up I've, and we got a string going on here in the last 13 years i've gotten the invitation two weeks after the event so we'll see how it works <laughs> you can see who's not wanted at the event <laughs> <laughs> must be something to do with that catering accident from a few years ago but anyway yeah. you'll they'll invite larry they'll just wait till it's over to invite you so. yeah yeah, check it off the list to do. Anyway, gone. well, yep. Well, we, we invite everyone to come back uh, in, you know, hopefully less than a week's time, and we'll be back with another episode. We thank everyone for hanging in with us this week and this episode. Uh, we always have a blast doing it. We thank Coin World Plus for sponsoring us and being letting us be here. And um, yeah, we're we're just gonna keep on plugging away. There's uh, lots of. Uh, Lots of cool news coming out. In fact, there's a. Uh, I got to write a story about the new effigy of King Charles III on um, coins of Canada that were unveiled on his birthday. So that's in a future issue of Coin World as well. I think the December 11th issue is the date for that. And it should be online, uh, I would imagine, at coinworld.com in the coming days. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to keep plugging away there's lots of cool stuff in the works but until next time happy collecting thank you for listening to the coin world podcast don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next week coin world plus is your new way to collect Manage your inventory, digitally authenticate coins, create your want list, buy and sell coins, and much more. Learn more about CoinWorld Plus at CoinWorldPlus.com or download the app now at Google Play or the App Store.